Good day, everybody. Welcome to the first ever episode of Cafe Yesterday. My name is James, aka Bat Blood, and I am here with the lovely and possibly one of the nicest streamers I've ever met, the magical Mimi. Hello. <laughs> that was so nice. <laughs> well, you have been nothing but nice the many times I come into your stream, so I figured it only right that I return the favor. Oh, thank you, thank you. I mean, I try, I try to spread kindness wherever I go. <laughs> we need more of that in this world, I swear to God. <laughs> All right, so today we are going to talk about the parallels of the struggling protagonist featuring Harry Potter and Naruto. Two, <laughs> two completely different mediums from different sides of the world, and yet... From what Mimi and I have discussed, seem to be remarkably similar. Very, very similar. Why don't we start with Harry Potter? I believe you you may have me beat on this one in terms of how well you know this. <laughs> I I do tend to reread the books almost on an annual basis. So. <laughs> Meanwhile, I've relegated myself to fan fiction. <laughs> Which is something I've never done. So I feel like you'll have me beat on that one. <laughs> well, in this case, the canon beats out the fanfics. So, ha! That's true. That's true. In Naruto, I only watched the canon episodes anyways, so. And you've watched them more recently than I have as well. So you might actually have the host beat out this time. Uh-oh. <laughs> Welcome to my podcast, everyone. Yeah, I, I just got taken over. <laughs> around the world girls she just proved it all right let's talk about harry potter first now from what i remember we have three main protagonists well one main protagonist and two of his do you want to call them sidekicks or what oh, i feel like sidekicks doesn't do like I feel like that's unfair to them, because if we're being honest, Harry would have died in the first book without Hermione. He would yeah. never have got past many of those obstacles um, down underneath Fluffy's little trap door if it hadn't been for Ron. Uh, Ron as well, actually, with the... Um, with the... That chess uh, game? The chess game, thank you, yes. With the chess game. And... And then Hermione with the with the little potion puzzle. I just I feel like I just feel like sidekick is That's fair. That's fair. Less credit than they deserve, but I honestly can't think of a better word for it. Comrades. Um, comrades, yeah. I mean they do call them the golden trio. Uh that's like a I don't know where that came from, but I've heard it in a bunch of different like Harry Potter fandom. Uh, places where there's like the golden trio which is ron harry hermione and then the silver trio which is Ginny, luna and neville uh well you know what if i had to guess the golden trio comes from a one of the two main colors of uh, gryffindor is gold and two well not obviously the trio but one reason why they got the name is because they were the main reason why um Gryffindor took the gold in book one as far as how <laughs> oh, many yeah. points. They beat out Slytherin for the first time in how many years again? 
Right. I can't even remember how many years it was. Those little details always seem to uh, never stick into my mind. But I did. what I did like about that um, in the book is that it wasn't Harry that got them those winning points. I liked the way there's a lot of stuff that Dumbledore does in the books that I don't agree with. But the way that he caught them up and tied them with Slytherin and then gave Neville those extra like 10 points to put them over the edge, I thought was just beautiful because Neville needed that. He really does. I mean, we never actually see his grandmother in the movies and I barely remember her being more than mentioned in the books, but from what we've heard, she's quite the um, <clears throat> taskmaster. But the yeah. biggest problem is she keeps comparing her grandson to her son. Yes, and they are not the same person. And one thing, too, that always gets me um, is one thing that we know about magic wands is that the wand chooses the wizard. And a wizard can use someone else's wand. Um, it won't work as well for them. It will work better if they win the wand through a duel. But... I'm going to skip ahead to to seven here where Harry's wand breaks and he tries to use one. He tries to use Hermione's and one that they kind of found um, along the way. And it doesn't really work that well for him. And if you think back for, I think, up until book six, Neville has been using his dad's wand. That is, I don't know if it was book five or six. What? No. It was book five that it broke during the battle of the Ministry of Magic. Yes, and his mom, or his, yes, oh, oh God, don't even get me started. But um, yeah, it, it, it breaks or it's damaged or his grandma is just so proud of him for being so brave that she buys him his that new wand. And then you kind of start to see his him come into his own in six. And then in seven, he's just this complete badass who's just like taken on all of Voldemort's Death Eaters that have infiltrated the school at Hogwarts. He's like the main like rebel. Like we're we're finally seeing in books between books six and seven why very easily Neville Longbottom could have been the chosen one. It wasn't yes. a fluke. It was not. It could have been either of them. And I think either one of them would have been up to the the task, I think. I, I would like to think that Neville would be. It's hard to say, though, because, I mean, Harry references this after he finds out that it could have been Neville, that would Neville's mom have given up her life for him? And I like to think that she would. I mean, the, I have no reason that to his I'm sorry, sorry to interrupt. go ahead. Not <laughs> at all. Not at all. Um, one thing that is one detail that I don't remember if it's confirmed or not, but is um, Neville's mother, is she not Harry's godmother? Oh, I've never heard that before. I heard a rumor going around that, now I don't remember if this is canon or not, but while... Sirius was Harry's godfather. Yeah. Um, Neville, Neville's mother and Harry's mother, they decided to become the um the other the respective kids' godparents. So basically, Lily Potter was Neville's godmother, while Neville's mother was Harry's godmother. 
Um, I don't know if that's canon, but it can definitely be my head canon because I kind of love that idea. I think the main reason I know I thought about that is because I've heard it in fan fiction so often. Oh, okay. That it makes me wonder if that's not canon. Yeah, no, I, I've actually never heard. And to be honest, I've never even questioned who his godmother might be. I kind of just accepted that his godfather is serious and that was like his only living guardian but it would kind of make sense i mean lily's parents had already passed i believe and she doesn't get along with petunia james was an only child and his parents were gone too so it kind of makes sense that a godmother would be someone from the wizarding world and they were in the order together that's definitely one reason why i thought that they could very well have been each other's godparents I like to, you know what, that's my headcanon now. I like that. (laughs) We can definitely talk about that next time. Um, (laughs) Before we go too deep into the Harry Potter lore, which, you know what, we will definitely come back to that on another episode. Um, Let's dive into Naruto, where we have young Naruto, poor kid, is abused by his home village for an event that he had literally zero control over. His father... so bad. I'm like, I tell you what, I've gone through abuse myself, and oh. I can tell you right now that there is no way you can come out of the level of abuse that Naruto went through and be okay on the other side, just yeah. like that. It's just not gonna happen. No, so the fact that he's a force. <laughs> so the fact that he created a mask of you know what, since you guys want to ignore me so much, I'm going to make you pay attention to me. Mm-hmm. I personally... Such a little butthead, though. <laughs> yeah, is that why Sakura feels the need to bust him through a wall every time he opens his mouth? Oh, don't even get me started on Sakura. I think, I you, and I, I think you and I both need to get started on her. I can't... She... I don't know what... I honestly don't know what's worse. The fact that she is a tsundere, which is my least favorite girl archetype in anime. I don't even know what that means. Okay, I'm full disclosure. I am fairly new to anime, so I've only been watching for a couple years now. Um, so one, I will mess up the names of the characters probably. Um, whenever I talk to my friends about them, I'll make up almost like little nicknames that sound similar to the name, but aren't really like Orochimaru. I call Orochimoron. Um, okay, no, you're I, not the first one to call him that. I'm gonna tell you right now, you're not the first okay. one to call him that. Oh darn, no, just kidding. Um, but I might mess up their names. I might not get them perfectly, and I don't really know all of like the different archetype terms and stuff like that. So I that term that you use for Sakura, I I actually don't know what that means. A is a type of girl who is basically very violent. Like okay. she she can either be violent with generally everybody around her or particularly with those that she likes with naruto well she is so it's so crazy she's fairly meek around just about everyone else but Mm -hmm. around naruto all of a sudden she gets this crazy confidence this insane strength and feels the need to drive his head into the dirt on a regular basis when he's showering her with compliments does he go i know does he go overboard sometimes? Absolutely. Does he say or do things that make you want to smack him upside the head? Heck yes, absolutely. But I can't think of a time where he's really deserved being driven into a wall. 
no, not to the extent uh, that that she does it for sure. I mean, there are times when like maybe he needs to be quieted down a little bit. Um, and actually, it's funny because we're I know that we are going to talk about kind of the parallels and the similarities. But one of the big differences between Naruto and Harry, those heroes, um, Naruto is all about the fact that he's a hero and he's going to be a hero he's going to be hokage he can pretty much take on any challenge and he's just he's going to do it whereas harry has that imposter syndrome where he's like no it can't be me i'm not the hero like i don't know what i'm doing i'm just lucky like i get lucky and it's like i feel like that's where one of the main differences between those stories uh, self-confidence yeah yeah what but actually no, Sakura, uh sorry go ahead no, you go ahead first. I was going to go on a whole other thing. Oh, I was just going to circle. I'm very notorious for getting off track. But um, I was just going to circle back to Sakura. And there there were moments where I really wanted to like her character. And there were moments where I thought I could see myself liking her character. And then just as I was about to be like, oh, you know what? She's pretty cool. She'd go back to like being annoying or so like, oh, I'm falling behind everyone. And I'm like, you are one of the strongest physical, like, other than Rock Lee, like, you're probably one of the strongest physical characters in that world right now. Like, her, her, uh, like, her strength, not her nin, nin oh, God. Her ninjutsu? Uh, thank you. I always mess that up. Her ninjutsu is not, like, that strong. I mean, it gets to be fa- fairly strong with the healing that she can do but just her physical strength she's so strong and she could do so much more and sometimes I think for me I don't always love the characters who I see myself in and I think that being her being so unsure of herself that was like me when I was little and I hate that and I'm like don't be like that oh goodness I can definitely angry. I can definitely empathize. I was never like Naruto, who was the class clown. If anything, I was more like I was more like an interesting mix between Harry and Naruto. Like I was friendly, just like both of them, but Mm -hmm. I never had Naruto's like, hey, I'm here, look at me type of confidence. I was always the wallflower that sat back. Yeah, I was definitely Hinata. Um and I think that's why I couldn't stand her character for a long time because she's she's so quiet and weak and I saw myself in her and I was like, no girl, like you're like I can't I can't stand it. Like be confident. Like I was getting so angry and then in that fight with pain where she goes and steps in between pain and Naruto, I was like, Oh, this is why people love Hinata. Like that- she's she's a badass bee (laughs) she's strong that's another character that i've always been drawn to in fact she's my first major anime crush full disclosure (laughs) i can see why now (laughs) well not only was she adorable as a little girl she is so she's literally the sweetest girl in the whole damn village can you find anybody who's sweeter than her i mean really the only one, and I don't even think I could say they're sweeter, but Rock Lee is just this little bundle of positivity. 
So yeah. I, I guess I can't say he's sweeter, but I think they're kind of in that same like genre for me where they're just, they're just good people. You know what? I can definitely see why you bring Rock Lee into that because he is just an earnest character. He's loud as hell, but he's extremely earnest. Like, Oh. I honestly, he honestly makes me feel more like he honestly gives me more samurai vibes than ninja than any honestly because he's just so honorable, honest, and earnest that and he has such a strong code and moral ethic that he would be so welcome among the samurai. Yeah. Honestly, it, make, it kind of makes me wonder if he might not be descended from one somehow, which is which would explain why he can't use ninjutsu. He can still use chakra, yeah. but he can't use ninjutsu. Well, I, I always laugh at the fact that Guy and Rock Lee look identical. How in the hell are those two not related? You cannot, right? You cannot tell me that those two are not somehow related. Right, and then in Baruto, you've got Metal Lee, who looks exactly like Rock Lee too. I'm like, okay, something weird is going on in this village, y'all. Like, what in the world? Like, how? Like, you can like seriously? I, I, when I saw Rock Lee and my guy for the first time, I'm like, oh wow, father son team. And then yeah. he said, no, they're not related in the least. I immediately called BS. If he's right? not and his I son, think- if he's not his son, he brought. Then my guy has a brother who looks just like him and then look and then Rockley looks just like him. That's the right. only thing I will accept. Yes. And I think like I think it's Kakashi who like calls it out at one point. I I I don't remember exactly what he says, but I think there's a line about Rockley looking exactly like Mike guy. Or like or some maybe it's not Kakashi. It could be one of the the enemies, but someone says something about the fact that Rockley looks so much like Mike guy. It honestly would surprise me if Naruto it. was the one that said it. Oh, probably. Naruto doesn't know when to filter his mouth. <laughs> well, in a, in that particular case, I would say the same damn thing. I'm like, how right. the hell are you two not related? I just love them so much. Rock Lee has been my top character since the moment he stepped on screen. Like He, he cracks me up. Like That dude cracks me up. I need it more of him. I really, I really wish there had been more Rock Lee in the canon episodes of Naruto because I just don't feel like there was enough. You know what's funny? I remember one particular scene. I don't know if this is before or after Naruto leaves on his journey with Jiraiya, but mm-hmm. I do know that it's before he comes back because this is before because this was before Shippuden. There was a scene where Rock Lee and all of all of that whole team, they're training right now. And interestingly enough, even my guy is tired and he's like telling Rock Lee, hey, we need to take a break. Rock Lee, he just keeps on going. But this guy yes. is buff as all get out. Like he was yeah. a scrawny little nothing, but in that scene, he was buff as hell. And what the funny, I-, I don't know what the hell he was eating, but I want some. <laughs> Right? I want that training regime. Actually, I don't. It looks really hard. It's like all they do is train. Um, yeah, he's... Oh, and the funniest part was there was a moment where Tenten was looking at him like just eyes glazed over with a huge blush on her face like, oh my good lord. Oh, I ship them. I would love Tenten and Rock Lee uh, to be together. Fun fact, I, I don't know if it's ever actually explained in, sh- in um, Boruto, 
who Tenta and Rock Lee actually wind up having kids with. Because I think that yeah. I think they actually have kids separately, but they're not they don't I don't think they ever actually got together. And I don't even know who Tenten's daughter is. I know. I so I just started watching Baruto. Um I'm maybe like six or seven episodes in. So I I still like obviously there are some obvious children who belong to certain adults like chocho is obviously choji's <laughs> it just makes sense that but... reminds me you want to talk about making sense one thing that doesn't make sense is how in the everlasting hell did Connolly and choji get together i don't know who that girl is um she's she's actually choji's wife and chocho's daughter and chocho's mother but was she in Naruto? Yes, actually, she was from the um, she's from the Hidden Cloud Village. Do you remember that scene where Naruto, like, where some where some people from another village are asking Naruto about where is Sasuke because he just came after our best friend Killer B, and yes. Naruto gets the gets his face caved in by that redhead girl. Oh, vaguely. That redhead girl is the one that marries Choji. Oh, interesting. Okay. Well, I guess I guess after the war, um the villages are all peaceful now. I guess there's more it's more likely that people will get together. Like Tamari and Shikamaru, I had been shipping that since the moment they were on screen together and I was Oh, I everyone so has. good. I felt so good. I loved I it. That that happened. I thought those two were perfect together because Oh, they're he, great. He calms her down, and she gets his ass up. Mm-hmm. Not to mention, Tamara's just drop-dead gorgeous. Oh, she is amazing. I really love the siblings. Like, I love Gara, I love Tamari, and I love Konkuro. Like, I remember in, like, the first Naruto, um, first of all, the, the fight scene between Rock Lee and Gara has to be one of my top fight scenes when rock lee takes off his um the weighted like leg warmers and everyone's like oh okay he's dropping a little bit of weight whatever and it falls and the whole stadium shakes and you're like <laughs> that's what he's been walking around with this whole time their faces were so damn priceless oh I my rewound, god i rewound that scene until my finger went numb. It was so funny. And Tamari's like, oh, he's just dropping a couple pounds away. Yeah. Boom! No, Buddy dropped like hundreds, thousands of pounds. I think he I think he honestly dropped, I think he honestly dropped like 500, maybe close to a thousand pounds on each leg with the like explosions. It was enough, yeah, I was gonna say it was enough to shake the whole stadium. But I remember loving loving to hate gara when he was that way it just i love to hate him i was like i this is a bad guy like i kind of like he's kind of a little unhinged like i really like that and then fast forward to when sasuke gets quote-unquote kidnapped even though he was like kind of probably for it and they're all following and he are you, ta- are you like, talking are you talking about uh, the sasuke retrieval arc yes no, he did not get kidnapped. He completely went along with that. Well, a lot of people, yeah. The like the the um the council assumed he was kidnapped, 
But yeah. they refuse to acknowledge just how unhinged that kid is. Oh, yeah. Well, that's why I was like, quote, unquote, kidnapped. Uh, <laughs> but he right. went along with it. Yeah. Um, but when Kiba's like, why are they here? And you're like, who? Like, who is he talking? I had no idea. And I was kind of, it was late at night. And it was like the last episode I was going to watch. And I was starting to like, kind of like drift, not drift off, but like my eyes were starting to get heavy. And I remember all of a sudden, I can't remember. I think it's you see the sand first. And I got up and I was like, my God, they're good now. I was like, I can just fully love Gara. I mean, how how poetic is it that um, Gara saves the guy he he tried to kill on more than one occasion, right? and, and almost then, para- like paralyzed for a bit too. He no, like he, he almost ruined Rockley's ninja career. And then here he comes saving him. I think he. Do you think they did that intentionally, or they? Well, I know I know Kishimoto did that intentionally, but do you think Gara intentionally went after um, Rockley to be like? you know what, I almost killed this guy. He's a good guy. I should not have done that. So this is my redemption. I'm going to pay this guy back by saving his ass. Yeah, I kind of do feel like, um, I feel like after Gara and Naruto had their little moment, um, Gara was just kind of like, oh, it doesn't have to be this way. Like, and I that could was... be a good person. And that's another difference between um, well, not really a difference between Harry and Naruto, but it's more blatant than Naruto. Naruto has this unique talent of turning his some of his greatest enemies into some of his greatest allies and friends. Yes, his talk jitsu. <laughs> his talk jitsu. My friend told me that's what people call it. <laughs> his greatest power is his talk jitsu. Because he just has conversations and then they're like, oh... Yeah, you're right. I should be a good person. <laughs> no, I think it's called um the reality bitch slap or the <laughs> or the steaming hot humble pie to the face. That's true, maybe. I guess it depends on the situation, really. He just has a way of talking to people and usually they're older than him and he makes them see sense. I think it's mm-hmm. because of the way he grew up. He has a unique perspective on things that's just so honest and it just well, cuts and I, it just cuts through the bs yeah and i think because he has had a hard life that people are are seeing their hardships reflected in him and the way that he has handled it and the different path that he took and they're just like oh like it i actually do believe this kid is going to change the world and of course he and does, he does. <laughs> <laughs> but then we get to harry who well you notice he's never really given his enemies a chance per se, but that, but here's one where I don't, here's one I think we disagree with. You did say you were a big fan of Ron Weasley, weren't you? Love Ron. I love Ron. I'm going to tell you I now, I have never been a fan of Ron Weasley, especially, especially the way he, A, treats Hermione constantly. And B, the way he, I mean, I guess everyone has that friend who is kind of lazy, doesn't really want to do too much, but he he legitimately got mad at anyone who did better than he did or shined brighter than he did, but he didn't want to put in the work to do it. That's someone that really uh, frustrates me. And and I I can 
agree and appreciate all of those things because he that they're all true um i for me i find ron is the most relatable character um because and and i i'm gonna throw some things out there and someone in my in my twitch stream used this this term once we were talking about the way someone had treated someone else and they said and i was like i'm not trying to make excuses for anyone and then they said it's yeah they're like it's not an excuse but it's a reason so i'm not trying to excuse his behavior because he did some really crappy things but when you look back on ron's upbringing he is the youngest boy of there's six boys and one girl and he's the youngest of the boys and if you think about his oldest brother was a head boy his second oldest was captain of the quidditch team his the percy was head boy got like pretty much straight a's or whatever or straight o's yeah <laughs> um, fred and george who were the closest in age to ron who he probably idolized are twins and had each other and really never wanted much to do with ron and kind of like bullied him a lot and then he gets to school and he meets harry and that's great because they can they can kind of they get along really well but then ron has spent his whole life in the shadow of his brothers just to kind of get this best friend who he's also kind of living in the shadows with and i'm not saying that his abandoning them in the seventh book or any of the way that he treats them is okay but I think that there is more things that you can relate to with the jealousy. And he's a he's a stupid boy. It, like, he's an adolescent teen who has a crush on a girl who doesn't know how to express his feelings. Like, I just... Uh, not only that, but I she's also way out of his league. Way out of his league. And he recognizes that because he has such low self-esteem in himself. Like, he he has no self-esteem when it comes to anything that he can do and I think that his default is that well I'm not going to be able to do it but then when he does apply himself he's really strong and really powerful and and I think just because I I think I think it's just the relatability of Ron I feel like he's the most real character in like her writing where he's got all of those like he, he has the jealousy he's not perfect and she doesn't write a lot of characters so that they're perfect. I just, for me growing up, I could relate to Ron. I guess it's different um, for me because I was an only child and I was raised by a single mother on top of that. So yeah. I can, I, although I will say I do have step siblings when my father remarried and I did live with them for a time. So I definitely get having older siblings who were just amazing on every level imaginable. And then here yeah. you come and no matter how hard you try, it just doesn't quite measure up and people point that out to you. I definitely can understand that. I definitely get that where, and I didn't really necessarily hate Ron for the first three books, but it was the fourth one where I really started to hate him because Yes, yeah. he has that jealousy, but at the same time, 
he literally called Harry a liar who for three years has never once lied to him. Has Harry lied to Ron one single time in the entire time they've known each other ever? Uh, no, I don't think so. And and I completely agree with you. Like Ron is, he is a complex character and he doesn't make the right choices. And I was very angry with him. I think my first read through, I didn't, I preferred Harry over Ron. Um, I don't think it was until I was a bit older that I was like, actually, I like Ron. <laughs> That's understandable. Um, yeah. And, but, but I, I I am aware of his shortcomings um, and I don't, I, I can't defend him in those. Like I can't, I think it was definitely wrong for him, that whole fight in, in four and the whole fight in seven. The one thing that I try to remember though, is that in four, they were like 14 years old and hormones are going bonkers in those kids bodies oh, and boy. i look back to like friendships that i had at that age and friendships that i see uh like around me um being a teacher and just all of those kind of like petty arguments that happen um and i'm like no i get it it kind of makes sense like i think that if everything had been peachy keen with all of them um it wouldn't have been as realistic it wouldn't have been. No, I think I think we needed that character that had those emotions and had those shortcomings and kind of was kind of a butthead. <laughs> I mean, it, I will say he gave the crappiest so-called apology um, after the first <laughs> task. Like, you can't even call that an apology. You can't. And I think he would have done better. But Harry, I think I think Harry says in his like. Like head voice. <laughs> He's like, you as call a narrator, that an apology. That <laughs> no, I actually think he thinks he he realized he's like all of a sudden a, an apology didn't matter, like he didn't need to hear it anymore because he was standing there and everything seemed okay again. I so, think he just wanted his best friend back, and he wanted his and he wanted him to like, dude, get your head out of your asshole and yeah. get a little bit real here. <laughs> yeah. But I, and I think that the the beauty of Harry is that he's able to forgive those things too, because not a lot of people would. I honestly can't promise that I would. Like, I mean, I, I can't but, promise that I would either. I mean, I would like to think that I could, but it's also it's it's tricky. I mean, you definitely wouldn't be. You definitely could forgive Harry for not wanting to forgive Ron in that sense. In that instance, yeah. And you want to talk about hormones? Oh, actually, no. That actually brings me into something else. The girls in the protagonist's lives. <laughs> now, we know that in fan fiction, well, I know in fan fiction, these guys are two of the most, uh, let's just say, popular males in fan fiction today. In the is this, Wait, is it Harry and Ron or Harry and Naruto? Harry and Naruto. Okay, okay. I just wanted to make sure I knew who we were talking about. Yeah, those two, let's just say um, they're popular. That's the most um, G-rated explanation I can give. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Now, Harry, there's been multiple potential girls, both in canon and in fan fiction. Let's stick with canon. Um, okay. The main girls being Cho Chang, who was his first real crush. Well, I cannot yeah. blame him. 
No, I can't either. She's awesome. Well, yeah, she's awesome. I, I think I think you can't judge her behavior in five. Um, no, I definitely give her a bit of a pass on that because yeah. she was in love with it. She was, like, honestly, Hermione said it best in book and movie five. She mm-hmm. was in love with Cedric, but before anything could really get started with him, he was killed. She also has yeah. some, definitely, you can see, she definitely has some feelings for Harry. And yeah. then she's trying to juggle all of that, feeling guilty about yeah. trying wanting to move on from Cedric, but at the same time, but at the same time, she really does like Harry, but she doesn't. She's feeling so many complex emotions that, well, Ron also said it best. No, most people who would feel that many emotions will probably explode. Yes, like where is where is the psychiatrist in the Wizarding world? The shit that those kids go through on a regular basis, and you know there's what? no mental health support. You would, I mean, you would think that they would have a mind healer on standby for case <laughs> for crazy things. They have a physical healer who, because they get yeah. into all kinds of accidents, but you would think they would have a mind reader at least on call for crazy situations. Like, did poor Ginny ever actually go to a mind healer from being possessed by Voldemort for the better part of her first year? Oh my god, honestly, like, and and this is the thing, I know that these books were written many years ago where mental health was not openly like, spoken about, but my god, how did these kids get through things? (laughs) Yeah, I don't know how the heck she wrote, someone could be possessed by the most evil dark lord in history as a as an 11 year old and then for, come out being so cool <laughs> like that just does not make any lick of sense that was just that was just no. one heck of a plot hole that that just never got plugged no unless like molly re molly and uh arnold weasley were like arthur arthur thank you i was like arnold's not right arthur um uh, i was thinking of her little like pygmy puff that she names arnold um that is that unless they is were cool. just very good at parenting <laughs> like who knows maybe they maybe they you know they dropped the ball on ron a little bit but Ginny, they had her mental health covered you know what let's just uh, let's just assume that they did and move on <laughs> but yeah. speaking of Ginny, she's another she's another one of quote unquote harry's girls who had a mm-hmm. she had a major crush on the boy who lived but yeah she took Hermione's advice, which was never mentioned in the movies, by the way. She took Hermione's mm-hmm. advice of, you know what? Take a step back. Go out with different boys. Get your confidence up. And get to know Harry for who he is. And lo and behold... Hermione's so smart. She, I'm, I'm pretty sure she's like the smartest person in the whole dang Harry Potterverse. Oh, she 100% is. Which actually, yeah. which actually brings me into my next one, and the funniest thing is even J.K. Rowling mentioned this. She's wondering oh. why in the world she paired Ron with Hermione when Harry is almost the perfect choice for her, and she a per- almost no. a perfect choice for him. No, I don't agree. <laughs> and here's where the debate comes in. Um. I will be 100% honest. I I shipped Harry and Hermione the fir- my first time reading the books um, up until book six when Ginny, you know, you got to see kind of 
more of Ginny and uh, and and you started to see him kind of getting this crush on her and I was just kind of like oh this actually makes sense and this is where if you've only people listening if you've only movies you are never going to agree on this because the movies did Ginny dirty but book Ginny is cool she's smart she's kind like she is kind of like the all i was gonna say all american girl but she's british she's the all british girl (laughs) (laughs) um she's just like and and if you read the books and you kind of see six like to me that made sense harry and Ginny made sense and and then when ron and hermione got together it just like in my mind it just it made it made sense because a lot of the times opposites do attract and Ron and Hermione are very, very much so opposite. And, and then you kind of look back at all of the shoe, I was going to swear all the stuff (laughs) that they went through um, leading up to it. And you, and you do, if you start to really like read it in like an analytical way, you do see where Hermione and Ron kind of make sense and how it, first book and how they're just kind of trying to get their feelings figured out and I do like the way that JK Rowling left it and I know she doesn't even agree with this anymore but she's another case in herself um, yeah let's not go there yeah and I'm not I don't plan on it but um in book I like that she left it to book seven because I think had she tried to have gotten them together sooner it wouldn't have worked like they need it to be out of school I think for that relationship to work because I think Ron had a lot of growing up to do. Um, I'll give you that. He definitely did. Yeah. And even Harry and Ginny, they got together in book six and then they split for a bit because he had to go and save the world. Um, And I just, I like the way that she did that because this whole idea of like high school sweethearts staying together. I mean, it happens. I know people like that, but it it romanticizes this whole idea of um it romanticizes for adolescents that the person that they're with first should be the only person that they're with and i think that causes a lot of emotional damage when breakups happen you're not wrong there um, so i really i enjoyed the way that she did it and I kind of went up totally off topic. The moral of that story is I like Ginny and uh, Harry and I like Ron and Ronnie. <laughs> well, I guess I have to provide a little bit of a, a almost devil's advocate on this. I honestly don't know who particularly I would pair Ron with, but I would honestly was shipping Harry and Hermione from book two all the way through. <laughs> Like book two, I was too until they didn't get together. <laughs> I still ship them, honestly. <laughs> I'll be honest, I still fair. kind of ship them because for anyone that doesn't know, Harry and Hermione have both had rather difficult pasts for one reason or another. Both were a lot smarter than a lot of people gave them credit for, and both were bullied when they were younger. Both were raised by muggles. One is actually a muggle-born. One was just an orphan raised by his muggle relatives. Yeah. So they both have, and they're both extremely talented in the magical world, more so than people tend to give them credit for yet again. So 
it makes sense that they would bond over that. Not to mention, Harry was the one who noticed in book one when Hermione was missing, and he went charging trying to save her. He's the one that jumped onto that troll's back. True, it was actually Ron that wound up saving the day. Kudos to you, buddy. Really, seriously. He And it was Hermione that actually told him, here's how you do it. Even in the midst of danger, she's still trying to help them. Yeah. And that was, well, that very first moment was what cemented the golden trio. And I do love that. Oh, yeah. I do love that. But back to Harry and Hermione, they have so many similarities that while I can definitely see them being like best friends slash siblings, I can definitely see Rowling going that route. I definitely see the romantic side of it, especially in the movies, because like in the movie, you actually see Harry holding Ron's hand a little, I mean, um, Harry holding Hermione's hand a little bit. And there's a little bit of romantic gesture there. Not to mention when she is finally all better, she charges into the main hall and pu- and pulls him into the biggest freaking hug. Meanwhile, Ron and Hermione have an awkward handshake. See, and but that's why I think it's the awkwardness that cements it for me. Because if we, that at that age, when you have a crush on someone like that, you are like so awkward around them. So, like, when she, her and Harry are, like, so comfortable around each other, I'm like, oh, yeah, they really, truly only see themselves as buddies or, like, brother-sister type relationship. But, like, Ron and Hermione, how awkward and uncomfortable they are with their physicality, I'm just, like, because they like each other. They have crushes on each other. Like, I just, I look back at how I was when I was younger, and if I was around my crush, like, I was so nervous, and I would, like, my adrenaline would, like, go to the point that I would be like shaking because my adrenaline was just like that's how nervous I was now I'm a special case I'm like a freaking ball of nerves half no the time. you're not a, no I hate to say it <laughs> but you're not a special case in that regard I had a crush back when I was in middle school this girl she was like one of the cutest girls I'd ever seen in my life and she was an absolute sweetheart I mean totally just the whole package and she was intelligent so when- too and when so I would was around, you go running up to her and giving her a big hug, though? Well, not run, but I did walk up to her, and I did hug her on a regular basis. <laughs> okay, fair, fair. And she did tell me that I gave amazing hugs. So Ooh. that that was Ooh. one bit of encouragement that, okay, she likes my hugs, if nothing else. So she's comfortable with me being on, at least on this level physical with her, so I'll take what I can get. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's fair, that's fair. I mean, I could see it going either way. I could see Harry and Hermione together, but I definitely prefer her with Ron. Well, we'll go with I think that. They balance. I think they balance each other out very nicely. You And you, I think both of them need to be balanced out a little bit. You're not wrong there. Um, she works too much. He doesn't work enough, so they balance each other out. So I will give you yes. that. You did beat me there. <laughs> She's um, really serious. He's a goof. <laughs> they, like you said, like there's, they're the Libra scales. They have to balance each other out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now let's shift over into Naruto, which, now if you want to talk about a guy who was popular with the ladies, gee, Monetti Christmas. He had a girl who had a crush on him back when they were barely older than toddlers. <laughs> and you know what? There was, and now, oh now, no, I lost, oh, there you are. Say that again. 
uh, your sound cut out for just a second there. I um, just didn't hear what you said. Yeah. I was saying that um, he, I was saying that he had Hinata who liked him from day one, even oh, yeah. before day one, really. And her yeah. crush on him was just adorable, by the way. But then his crush on you know one of the popular girls in school—that's understandable. Yeah. And he, given the fact that he had no real understanding of how to interact with people, especially kids his own age, because they pretty much just said, go away. I can understand why he 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 wanted the attention of the pop the cute popular girl in school. And it just yeah. extended on from there. So I get that. What but I don't remember this was episode which episode this was, but I think it was right after they got to their teams. She she was talking to Sasuke and she literally mocked the fact that Naruto was an orphan. Oh, she's the worst. I can't stand her. Like, who in the world and the funniest, honestly, the funniest part about that was she mocked the fact that Naruto was an orphan to a well-known orphan. Uh, yeah, yeah, right? Like, Oh, Sakura's a fool. A basket and not case? not in a good way. Not in a good way. Like, She's a basket case. Yeah, I don't... I also, I, I also just, I don't like Sasuke at all. Like, I just, I don't understand everyone's obsession with Sasuke. I'm like, just let him go. <laughs> I mean, seriously, I, t I tell you what, by the time the Valley of the End fight happens, at that mm -hmm. point, I would I would have tried one time talking sense into the guy, but if he would have yeah. kept going on about all his nonsense, I'm like, all right, you know what? I'm done with you. I try to be nice. I've been nothing but cool with you. You challenged me like on the roof of a hospital, and the you. What really frustrates me about some people is they got on Naruto that he was such a loser. He had no talent as a ninja, all this and all that stuff. But then when he actually shows serious marketed improvement, yeah, like he's seriously getting better, a lot better. Yeah. And he did that partially so he could stand with his teammates who always saw him as weaker. Now, one of them who he, he'll never admit this out loud, but he looked up to him. He, now he sees him as a threat and a challenge. It's like, yeah. make up your mind. Do you want him to be weak and always in the way? Or do you want him to be strong enough to actually handle himself? Yeah. I know. Well, the, and this is a thing, like, I just... With yeah, I just I can't with Sasuke. Like I just yeah, we're supposed to be I, talking about romance here. Here we go talking about Sasuke, the most non-romantic well, character in the whole show. It's actually funny because when you started to talk about when you were like, if you want to talk about uh, people with romance and stuff, I thought you were gonna say Sasuke because so many of those little girlies loved him, right? Like you had like Ino and <laughs> that Sakura was a stereo. That was just a stereotypical. He's the quiet bad boy that everyone yeah. wants to sleep with. That's basically what he that's basically what he was. But I just like I just don't get it. Like he's just the worst. They were blinded by his quote unquote cool factor because he was that cool guy in the cut. And they were also yeah. blinded by the fact that he's the last Uchiha. Yeah, that's true. That I think those were two of the <laughs> <laughs> but then um 
there were actually a couple of girls that actually really liked Naruto at various points. Like there was this one, there was this one filler episode where Naruto and Hinata went to another, I think it went to another town or another village or something. And the, basically the princess or whatever of that town actually wanted Naruto to stay with her. And you can see. Oh, that's funny. I didn't know that. (laughs) Yeah. And there was a couple of movies. Usually there's a movie where Naruto has one brother that kind of likes him. He got a movie star to kiss him on the cheek when he was when he was in the hospital. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah. Even Eno, like, at one point, it's like, maybe I like Naruto for, like, one episode. Wait, Eno? Um, at one, yeah, there's at one part where Naruto does something, I can't remember, but there's, like, just, like, it's, like, a second where Eno is, says something in her mind, like, oh like naruto but then it's like gone like it doesn't last it's just like he does something really cool or really powerful and she like sees him more as like oh he's actually powerful but it just makes me laugh every time okay that can only be two occasions there was one there was actually a filler where naruto went on a mission with her and a few others and that could have been one and uh, he wouldn't have been that one because i don't watch the fillers (laughs) And it must then it was in Shippuden where he actually killed um what was it, Kakuzu? He 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 basically destroyed that one guy with that Rasen Shuriken. Yeah. I'm pretty it might sure have been that, that I honestly can't remember what it was. That's the only one I could think of. And Eno yeah. was basically that stereotypical vapid hot blonde that yeah. you know, every every freaking anime has at this point. Yeah. Well, and then she goes for Sai. <laughs> Who she mainly only got with because he reminds her of Sasuke. Right? I know. Oh, my God. It's like, so ridiculous. Uh, y'all have a thing for pale-skinned, dark-haired boys, don't you? Yeah, she really does. She has a type. I mean, <laughs> I mean, Sai could have done a whole lot worse than Eno. I will say that much. Yeah, he could have done better, though, too. Oh, obviously. <laughs> but thankfully, um, okay. he did Thankfully, he didn't get the best in Gekinata. That that's was... true. That belongs to Naruto. There was no no one stood a chance. Well, no, they um the writer of Naruto Kishimoto did kind of tease us a little bit, and make it seem like it could wind up being Sakura because as much as we can't stand her on a in a number of ways, she does kind of act like Naruto's mother. Yeah, she does. So there, and he didn't even realize it, but she kind of does. And Kushina actually said when she was dying, Naruto, I know. find a girl that's like your mother. I hate that line. And he found a girl that was like his mother, and he almost got with her. But thank goodness, that's the one thing I will say. I'm glad she was so obsessed with Sasuke because it meant that Naruto had no chance with that crazy, yeah. abusive chick, and he actually wound up eventually getting with a queen. Yeah, no, it's very true. I, I, when listening to that monologue and she said that, I was like, nope, 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 take it back. That's weird. (laughs) Oh, wait, are you talking about when she was saying, when she was trying to get Naruto to stop chasing after Sasuke? No, I'm talking about his mom when she was like, Naruto, find someone like your mom. I'm like, no, don't. That's weird. (laughs) She's, she was trying to give her son an Oedipus complex on day one. Oh my God. I just like, no. Please don't. Just don't. And oh, 
One other, um, this is one that happened in one of the movies. This is so funny. There was this priestess who could see bits of the future. She saw Naruto die. And he was like, yeah, no, that's not happening. And of course, they they clash. And eventually, he saves her life for like the umpteenth time. She sees him and she's like all of a sudden attracted to the guy and acts all shy around him. <sighs> and at the end of the movie, she's mentioning that she needs to create an heir to, you know, take over the shrine after she, you know, after she gets older. And she actually asked Naruto, hey, Naruto, can you help me out with that? Oh, my God. Want to know what he says? What sure. Say? I'll help no. you. I give you my word. I'll help you out. Oh my God. Meanwhile, everybody, before he says that, when she's like, can you help me out? Everybody's like, wait a minute. She's literally just asking for his kid. And this yeah. guy is so socially inept. He doesn't pick up on that. No, he's, yeah, he's special. He's a special little boy. <laughs> it would take someone with the patience of Hinata to deal with him. Right? Okay, but let's talk crazy similarities between the two stories, Harry Potter and Naruto, because as most people who know me know, I mean, like, I've read Harry Potter since probably I was, like, 11 years old, and so watching Naruto, originally, I actually thought that Naruto came out first, so I had this backwards at first until talking to you and you told me that, no, in fact, Harry Potter came out first, but if you think about these similarities so there's the core three that are made up of two guys one girl that does seem to be pretty common who don't always get along but will come together when it kind of like when they do come together it's like wildly powerful and you know what and you know what i just noticed another similarity like piggybacking on that you have the girl who is the studious one, not the most powerful, uh-huh. but definitely the brainiest. You have one yeah. guy who is a total opposite of that and is a total slacker. Yeah. But he comes through when he needs to, usually. And then you have yeah. one guy who's the serious, quiet type that's kind of off in the corner and overtly is the most powerful. Yeah. Around and... The, yeah, go ahead. The two main characters are orphans who had godfathers they didn't know they had who for whatever reason were absent for most of their life who were taken under by an older generation oh don't forget said godfathers were also perverts hold on serious was a pervert you didn't know that that dude was a playboy back in his day Oh, back in his day. Yeah, okay, sorry. I was like, Sirius was locked up for half his life. What are you talking about? Like, bet, no, back when he was in school and after, and before he got locked oh, up, yeah, that boy, he was, he was a, a babe. He was a playboy. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> That's true. Um, But also, and this is this is kind of the thing that really got me, is the main... With Naruto, it's a little bit different because there are multiple arcs. Um, but in the core story, so we're we're thinking just the first series of Naruto, 
Right. The main bad guy has an affinity to snakes, is obsessed with staying alive forever, and zeroes in on one adolescent boy who he thinks is the key to doing that. And then you have the third Hokage and Dumbledore who were both teachers of said bad guy. And, and did not and did not had, put and did not put the guy down when he had the chance. Right? And then ultimately died because of it. You know like I just I, I definitely just feel see like why you- the core story is so similar. I definitely see I definitely see where you're coming from on that end. I definitely do see that. And it, and you know what? And, and you know what? It's entirely possible that Kishimoto, who if I'm not mistaken is the name of the guy who wrote Naruto, it's entirely possible that he read Harry Potter and the Sorcerer and the Philosopher's Stone and be like, "You know what? I kind of like this." And <laughs> read the books and kind of did his and kind of did something similar but his own thing at the same time yeah i like in no way am i saying they're the exact same story it's just for me to from being a huge harry potter fan to then watching naruto and kind of seeing all these parallels and i know that the hero story a lot of the hero stories are gonna have a lot of parallels but then i also think i look at like i just recently read the percy jackson books and i'm like that's a hero story but there's not that many similarities between the actual like core story of that as there is with naruto and and harry potter and i get it like snakes are often like affinities with like you know their dark magic and like all this stuff they're heavily associated with things that are evil i mean that and that goes back into that goes back into a whole nother story that we'll not talk about here but i'm sure anyone who yeah and anyone can (laughs) guess what we're talking thinking about here yeah and so it's like i get and i get that and i get that there are some things that are just going to be unavoidable i just think that it's it's so funny that there's like oh there's the three kid there's the three young kids that pretty much seem to have to be the ones that save the world and there's the older person who took him under their wing to teach them and essentially are like raising them to defeat the ultimate bad guy and there's oh oh there's godfathers who they didn't know exist that are now back in their life for a brief period of time they don't even get that much time with them <laughs> actually i need to talk about this one everyone is like Let's the biggest it. fan of jiraiya i love jiraiya and i know i know what you're gonna say you already know where i'm going with this i don't care what the hell kind of spy network you have there is no excuse that you do not check on your godson on at least like once or twice a year just to see it's if true. just to see how he's doing it's I don't, true i yeah that's one <laughs> thing about him that really grinds that really grinds my gears and another thing is are you peter griffin oh shut it dude. it really grinds my gears oh here we sorry, go I had to. oh here I had we go. To. Sorry. anyways <laughs> another thing that really I'm not going to say it again. Just say it. Say no, it. No, no. <laughs> Jiraiya completely and utterly wasted two and a half years of Naruto's life. <laughs> I don't care 
what you have to say. He did not train that boy for two and a half years. He trained him at best for a few months. You mean to tell me that the level of a level of of personal growth that Naruto had from when he was a kid to Shippuden? You mean to tell me he couldn't have gotten that in a matter of a few intense months of training? Yeah, well, I think, and and if you look at it, like, look at how much Killer B was able to do with Naruto in, like, a week. Exactly. And then there's, and of course there's, um, who was it? Oh, the Toads. When he was learning Sage Mode. Oh, I love the Toads! <laughs> when he was learning Sage Mode, it, it did not take him that long to to master that. It no. took him, and, what, and a couple of months? If a that? couple of months, I would say, yeah. I don't even and, know if it was that long. And here's the thing, though, and and maybe maybe Jiraiya's teachings weren't meant to be the ones that made him more powerful. And I don't know if that makes sense, but like maybe with Jiraiya, it was more about growing as a person. Although I don't know how Jiraiya could teach anyone to grow as a person because he has all the gambling addiction. Uh, female addiction uh, but yes seriously but I, I look back at it's like who well who taught Jiraiya how to do sage mode it would have been the toads um, who is the only one that could possibly help Naruto be, become friends with nine tails which would be killer B because he did it with with eight um, so That's... it's but I, I I know what you're saying. It's like what kind of what were they what were they doing when they were were gone and like why? But then it's like it's like I feel like it's that classic hero trope where like the it's like the same with Dumbledore, right? Like how many years did Dumbledore take to train Harry and then ultimately didn't even tell Harry everything he needed to know even when he knew that he was dying. That's one thing about Dumbledore that really ticks me off. It's like you know that you're gonna die soon. You mean yeah. and you know? Well, no. The, the whole thing was he didn't. He didn't think Harry had a chance to live because of that Horcrux in his head. So he's like, I'm not even gonna bother teaching him because he's gonna die anyway. We just want. I just want him to be able to get rid of these Horcruxes. And I was gonna do it myself, but I can't. So I have to rely on him now. He didn't yeah. want. He really didn't think, or even want Harry to really live after that point. That's why he sent Harry to literally the worst people possible to raise him. I I don't care what kind of protections he had. It doesn't protect him from the people inside the damn house. No, it doesn't. I don't. I I have a lot of beef with Dumbledore. I I I appreciate the character. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of stuff that he did that didn't make sense. And I mean, even if you weren't expecting Harry to live, and as Snape says, you know, raising him like a pig to the slaughter, if you knew you were going to die, that is your time to tell Harry every single thing. Even if you don't know when you're going to die, you could, you know, like, even though he doesn't think he's going to die that night on top of the tower. Well, he knew, he knew had... before the year started that... He was going to die within about a year. Snape told yeah. him that. Oh, for sure. But I'm just saying, like, he might have died a little bit sooner than he was planning because he wasn't planning on the Death Eaters infiltrating the castle, right? Like, maybe he thought he still had a couple more months. But even if you think that you have a couple more months to go, 
you tell Harry absolutely everything he needs to know about those Horcruxes and how to destroy them. Like, he let them, he didn't tell them anything other other than what he supposed were the other Horcruxes. But, like, he didn't tell Harry how to, like, get rid of them. That was Hermione, I'm pretty sure, that figured that out. Like, the three ways to, I to destroy I think it was, actually. I think she did. And then that's why then, and then that's why they're so confused as to, like, well, why did Dumbledore leave me the Sword of Gryffindor? And it's like, oh, because it takes in only that which will make it stronger so it's got the basilisk venom oh what destroys a horcrux oh basilisk venom like there's only like two there's only like two things i maybe there's three but it's it's the basilisk venom and then it's the fiend fire but fiend fire is so unpredictable hermione was like we're not even gonna try that like we're gonna burn this whole forest down yeah i'm glad she was smart enough to do that although i will say uh it would have been really freaking funny if harry walked in there and he was like, okay, fiend fire, bitches. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the spell is teeny. <laughs> yeah, um, all you guys are going to burn. Like, if I got to die, I'm taking y'all with me. <laughs> right? But, yeah, it's and I think that's like, again, in a hero story, I feel like you have to have that one character who takes them under their wing but doesn't really tell them much at all. It really drives me nuts when you have it. It's like, there is a fine line between, I'm not going to hold your hand, you got to figure this out for yourself, and just straight up not teaching. And that's yeah. something that both Jariah and Dumbledore had in common. I mean, yeah. granted, Jariah taught him the Rasengan, which, you know, that's the method that you need to learn. And Naruto learned that within, what, a couple of, like, a month from start yeah. to finish? He learned, he learned of Jutsu that he said took him at least a year to master, Naruto learned how to do it in like a month. Yeah. That that already speaks to how much potential the kid has. Granted, he couldn't do it one-handed, but the fact that he was able to pull it off perfectly still shows like this kid's got some serious potential. And in those two and a half, uh, first off, in all the traveling that he's done, if he's doing such a, making such a spy network, for all these years, you mean to tell me that you have not come across one single person that can teach Naruto how to be a better ninja? I well, guarantee I think, you did. Yeah, I think the hard part with that is, is that there was so much animosity between all of the different villages and stuff, too, that even, even had he met Killer B back then... Would Killer B have been willing to teach Naruto then? Even just the main villages, they... even just putting them aside, you mean to tell me that he hasn't met anybody that owes him a favor to teach the kid? Or Naruto would have come across somebody, and you know he has his talent for, for making people want to believe in him, to teach yeah. him something? In those two and a half years, that has not happened at all? I mean, it couldn't, or else the story wouldn't have been the same. I still feel like the story could have been great, maybe even greater. Oh no, I know. If if he, if there would have been like if it just made it seem like Naruto was time was wasted for two and a half years, even Sakura was better than him at that point. Yeah. And don't even get me yeah. started on Sasuke. That guy, he was an absolute beast at two and a half years. 
Yeah. The one the one thing though that I did like that they did and and maybe this is the reason um it had to be like this, but the fact that Tsunade, Orochimaru and Jiraiya, they were a squad, right? And then each one in turn taught the one that was kind of the most like them um from the the Naruto trio. So it was like Tsunade Sakura, Sasuke Orochimaru, Jiraiya and Naruto. For the record it's Orochimaru. I did like Orochimaru. On. Uh, <laughs> okay, we can go there too. I, I we can go can't. there too. I just We can go I there too. I'm not, I'm not mad at that. I just can't say it right. And I I try all the time. And even with Eno, it drives my friend nuts, but sometimes I'll call her Inu. <laughs> And I think that means dog. It does, actually. <laughs> and I don't mean to. It's just that, like, sometimes I just can't remember if it's O or O, and I just say one of them. Well, um, you know what? <laughs> she did kind of like She did kind of act like a dog in here around Sasuke. That's true. She did. But, like, even Tamari, it took me, like, two weeks of, like, I would watch the show, like, almost every day with my friend, and I would be like, what's her name again? I'd be like Tamari. I'm like, okay, so it's like Tamara, but it's not. And like that's how I had to like justify. And it was like two weeks before I could actually remember Tamari's name. It's I I wow. struggle so much with the Japanese names. Like it's it's so bad. Um Wow. But yeah, it's it's bad. I try though. I really try hard. All right. So we're I think we're coming close to the end of the um recording here. So let's why do, what do you want to do? I kind of want to do like a quick parallel of who was more like this character, who was more like that character. Ooh, I like that. <laughs> All right, uh, let's go Hinata, Jenny. You think Hinata and Jenny were the same, eh? Well, let's 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 put the parallels together. They're both they both have major crushes on their on the respective protagonists. They were extremely shy around said protagonist. One to Actually, the point where yeah. she, one to the point where she faints. The other to the point where she stuck her and stuck her elbow in a butter dish. <laughs> they I love that you remember that fact. It it, it cracks me up every time. Yeah, um, actually, no. You know what? Now that I think about it, you're right. They are, and sometimes I I think because sometimes we saw so little of Ginny in the first handful of books like it's not really until five and six that you get a lot of Ginny I sometimes forget how timid she was at the beginning you see more of her in four than anything else where she actually winds up as Neville's date and I'll be honest oh, with you oh yeah I'll so be honest cute. with you I thought that there could have been a potential match there there could have been I also thought that about Luna and Neville well they actually well I don't know if this was actually in the books or not but in the movie Neville had a crush on Luna yeah, no, that was never in the books, though. Yeah, well, another thing is, like, I honestly don't know if that was something that the actor for Neville just kind of tossed in there. And yeah. I don't blame him because the actress who played Luna is rather, rather pretty. Oh, she's gorgeous. But um, Neville winds up getting with Hannah Abbott, who was in Hufflepuff. Yeah. But honestly, I feel like that's the house that Neville should have been in in the first place. Yeah. And then Luna winds up getting with a descendant Newt of Amanda's uh, grandson or great great grandson or something like that. 
Which makes perfect sense, and she is a magical beast fanatic. That's true, yeah. Um, let's Lena. see other parallels. Well, we obviously have Sa honestly, I gotta I kinda wanna put Sasuke with Harry, actually. Even though they're not the main Ooh. even though Sasuke isn't technically the main protagonist, he is the struggling, troubled youth that struggles with a serious darkness within him and is almost permanently marked by it because of because of one of the main antagonists and he struggles with that for a great deal of time until he eventually overcomes the guy and actually kills him oh that's very interesting i'm gonna throw something else at you uh-oh draco oh boy <laughs> you know what I think that Draco and Sasuke might have a few similarities as well, where they're kind of marred by what their family has done. They're they're both their father's sons. I can tell you that right now. Yeah, and they had that again, they had that family arrogance too. Yeah, and like draco eventually kind of comes to terms with the fact that it doesn't have to be that way although i i would say that draco i like him way better than i like sasuke um i honestly wasn't coming around to draco until i want to say book the towards the end of book six and then book seven because uh, he was he was trying to kill dumbledore all that that whole time but he was doing that initially because he wanted he wanted approval from the guy who from his father's boss but yeah. at the same time you can especially in the movie you can actually see that his decision to side with the death eaters was really 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 weighing on him yeah like, well he, and i think i think also so sorry i didn't mean to cut you off no not at all <laughs> i just got really excited about this point um with draco too it's like when he's younger, he's kind of like, he's a product of his environment, right? So his whole family essentially are Death Eaters. And for a lot of that time, Voldemort doesn't exist. He's he's an idea because he's gone. He's not back yet. And it's almost like romanticized for for Draco about what it is like being a Death Eater. And then all of a sudden, Voldemort's back and the reality of what it actually means to be a Death Eater with his dad disgraced because he messed up at the ministry in book five and pretty much Voldemort saying, you need to kill Dumbledore or else I kill your whole family. And I think the reality of that sets into Draco and then he's, and I think Tom Felton plays it so well. Oh, Tom Felton's amazing. Um, Where you can just see like, I'm stuck like this and and then you see him start to waver when Dumbledore is talking to him on top of the tower saying like I can help you I can protect your family and you kind of just see um, he was considering even yeah he was considering it like his wand hand dropped and even Narcissa in seven like the reality of the situation when Voldemort's back is a lot different than what they I think remembered or thought I don't think Narcissa wanted Voldemort back at all. She loved the life of luxury. She didn't want anything to do with that nonsense. But she she also realized the situation she was in. And one thing I will like, I do like about Narcissa is when, oh, first off, 
he Harry was so lucky that this happened. One, mm-hmm. he saved Draco despite everyone telling him, dude, just let him die. He's done yeah. literally no he's literally done nothing to to help us. No, he did. Ha- there's like Draco knew full well that ha- um, Harry's face was disfigured, but he knew it was him. He knew exactly yep. who he was. But for whatever reason, he covered for him. Yep. He say he saved them in that moment. And oh, Harry, yeah. being the honorable man that he is, he repaid him by saving his life. And that in turn wound up saving Harry's life later when yeah. Narcissa went to check on him and she's like, Oh wait, he's alive. Well, wait a minute, let me find out. Is my son alive? Yeah. And Harry's like, Yup, I saved his ass. She's like, yeah. Okay, I'm not about to turn over the son the guy who saved my son's life. <laughs> Yeah, I I also think had that scene with Draco in the manor not happened, like if they didn't get caught or whatever, I do think that Harry still would have saved Draco. I definitely think Um, there's potential for that, especially seeing how even when they were in the room of requirement, when when they had that little face off, I mean, Crab and Goyle, they were all in on the death of BS. Yeah, and they saved one of them still. Yeah, and and you can see on on Draco's face, he was really, really hesitant. Like they have been rivals yeah. for all their entire time they've known each other, but he still didn't want to kill him. Yeah. He wanted to beat him, he didn't want to kill him. And there's a big yeah. difference. Oh, also, fun fact, Tom Felton had a crush on Emma Watson at one point. Oh, and and vice versa. Yeah, that was adorable when I found that yeah. out. Yeah. Yeah, that's super cute. I think that's one of the big reasons why people tend to ship Hermione with Draco. Yeah. It has nothing to do with the actual characters and everything to do with the actors who played them. <laughs> I thought it was so cute that they liked that they had it a crush is, on each other. And I don't blame them. Emma really Watson's cute. a cutie. Oh, she's like the perfect person. Let's be honest. <laughs> I got I got I kind of want to go with um, Luna Lovegood as my favorite, but Katie Lung as Cho Chang, stunning. Oh yeah, I mean all of the I feel like all of those actresses just grew up to be just amazing, <laughs> like people. I mean, like not only are they beautiful, I just feel like they're all just like genuinely nice people. Yeah, you don't see that too often, especially not on this side of the pond. Yeah, <laughs> fair. But back to the parallels, um. Let's honestly, I think we got, I think we got the main ones as far as like the main um, protagonists. And obviously yeah. we have, we have, um, could you say Kakashi was kind of like Lupin, who was like a teacher who didn't really teach much when he should have? <laughs> well, I, I think that Lupin actually taught them a lot. Well, Lupin um, taught them a lot. Um, yeah. Kakashi didn't teach them anything. He... Yeah, un- unfortunately, Lupin had that, you know, little issue of being a werewolf where he was out of commission for, like, a week every, every so often. His um, his furry little problem, as his friends would call it. His furry little problem, yeah. Um, yeah, I could see... I could see Kakashi and Lupin having that parallel. I'm just trying to think... See, this is this is tricky. It's really hard because Naruto has so many characters, and Harry Potter it has a lot, but it doesn't have 
we're trying to stick with the main and directly supporting cast here. There's I know, way too and much that's... world to go into. I know, but that's where it makes it harder with Harry Potter because there are quite a few Naruto like supporting characters and the core characters where with Harry you don't see a lot of the adults, right? There and and when you do they're so much older than and, them. Well, I'm curious to know who would you parallel with Severus Snape? Oh. That's a tricky one. Oh, God. Honestly, I can't even really think of anybody. So, honestly, except maybe Mizuki. So, so, is that the one from Baruto? No, Mizuki. Actually, you know what? No, not Mizuki. That guy is a... He was a base-level bad guy who got his who got his butt kicked in episode one or two. Oh, and, my God. I, I won't remember him. And he doesn't... Sh and he shows up, like, in a filler episode like before naruto goes on his trip when he does a prison break okay yeah no i won't i i, I definitely don't remember. okay yes. i'm gonna say something okay and it is a character that came to mind actually when you said snape and i'm hesitant to say it because i don't like snape as a character i don't think he ever redeems himself i don't agree with the people who are like, oh, no, Snape's a good guy. No, he was not. He treated those kids like crap. He was obsessed with someone that, like, anyways, that's a whole other episode. But oh, we'll definitely I would that. have, we, oh, we will. <laughs> we'll have a whole episode on Snape. Um, I'm going to say just based on their, based on one thing and one thing only, I would go with Itachi. Because you go so long thinking that Itachi is working for the bad guys to find out he was doing something for the greater good. And mm. that would be the only parallel that I see between them. I wouldn't, like, personality-wise, I don't see Oh, definitely not personality-wise, like but story-wise, I can kind of story see I can but see what story wise, I would I would say I would say that. I definitely see that. Like once you mentioned as far as like they're both like perceived as the bad guy, come to find yeah. out they're actually supposedly the good guy. With Itachi, I don't think it came as a big of a surprise as the writers probably thought. Like with some of us, it's like we kind of got the vibe of it, that Itachi, like there was something going on with that guy. So, um, Snape, on the other hand, he never gave the impression that he was doing the whole, okay, I'm bad now, but I'm going to be a good guy later. He was just, he was just an a-hole. Yeah. And it's like, he was so obsessed with calling Harry uh, James's son, he also completely neglected or forgot the fact that he's also Lily's son. Yeah. Well, I don't think he did. I just think he was that constant reminder that Lily didn't end up with him. So even the only reason he even helped out Harry at all throughout the school years when he did is because she was because he is Lily's son. If he had been James and someone else's son, that would have been a different story. That actually makes me all. think. That actually makes me think. Do you think that 
Lily could have wound up with Snape if he had not called her that disgusting word? No. Um, and only because he was going down the track of hanging out with the Death Eaters. I think had he not gone down that um, Death Eater, like, hang out with those people, um, I think maybe there could have been something there. Um, but I think once they got to school and once they weren't in the same house, that really bothered Snape and he was never able to let that go. Not truly. That actually leads I me to one other segment. He was too jealous. Like yeah. One other segment I'd like to do, um, especially regarding Harry Potter. We could do this with Naruto as well. House choice. Ooh. Or do you want to save I that for another episode? I feel like we could save that. I feel like that could be a very long discussion. You know what? I completely agree because we are just about at the ninth, 89 minute mark. We just hit. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I told what? you this was going to be a nice, healthy discussion. And wow. we're not anywhere close to covering the entirety of these topics because just Naruto and Harry Potter alone, people could talk about for oh, yeah. literally hours. I was going to say, we could have multiple episodes on just individual Harry Potter and individual Naruto. <laughs> I don't think it I don't think it would be actually possible to cover the entirety the entire complex worlds of these respective mediums in a single episode unless you want to go for a four to ten hour stream. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't think anyone would listen. Well, actually I do think people would listen to a ten hour one, but it would take them a long time. You know what? I can honestly see some people being laid up in the hospital just I have nothing else to do and they have like a five hour dissertation of you know <laughs> the craziness of the complex world of Harry Potter. I can honestly see that happening. I could see that happening too. But for now I you know what Mimi I have got to say you have been the most amazing guest and I want to thank you so much for being my very first one for my brand oh. new podcast. Thank you. I'm honestly, I'm so honored to be the first guest and I, I cannot wait to be back for more discussions. I would love to have you back. So for now, got to sign off, but thank you all for listening in to Cafe yesterday and we will see you next time.